Hey guys, welcome back to the Adulting Advice Podcast. We are about to do a solid like three episodes in a row just talking about, you know, how we do business online in terms of creating content. I'm excited. It's something I really enjoy talking about. And so this first episode is about how I don't outsource very much at all. I feel like everyone tells you to hire help when you're an entrepreneur and you need to focus on what's most important. People are always like, it's time to hand off a lot of the quote unquote work that's bogging you down. You know, like where can your time be be best spent? And I totally get that. Um, I mean, I battled with it and I would, I would kind of be that, that person who's like, oh, that's just not me. I could definitely do everything myself. Um, but I was just so curious about what everyone meant like maybe I won't understand until I try so I would dip my toe in to outsourcing things to get help and I would never really love my experience so I would get back out and be like okay no I don't like that so I I realized I need to find out what is going to work for me what does outsourcing actually mean for me so I'm going to share with you today what I've discovered and now how I actually outsource and how I don't basically. So I outsource to people very little. This means I do not pay many people to help me with the two podcasts, the YouTube channel, my HA society membership, and all of the social media that goes with it. To be most helpful, I'm going to break down how I approach most of these things and how I came to the decisions to try the strategies that I did. Before I do, here's one thing that, well, two things that I think about before each decision that I make when it comes to like, do I want to outsource this? How do I want to go about it? The first question is, what am I saving by doing this? Is it time, money, or is it just my sanity? And then the second question is how much time am I really saving here or money or whatever, right? Let's be real. If you're going to outsource something to save time, there's still a portion of time that you cannot save. Everything requires some kind of time. I'm sorry if you can hear like dogs in the background, two dogs here. The only way that they will chill out is if they're in the room with me. So occasionally you hear like weird dog sounds. Okay, everything has a cost, right? So how do we really weigh that up when sometimes those costs seem like intangible? These costs can look like still having to coordinate with the person that you've out... Jasmine, will you just get comfortable? Stop moving. It's loud. Look, Sorry. It looks like coordinating with the person that you've outsourced and fielding their questions along the way so you don't just like hire someone and then never have to think about it again say it's this podcast i would have to like record the podcast upload it to some drive ask them to help and like maybe check up on it see how it's going you think about it later like the cost of me lying in bed wondering if it's been done those things are real 
And we might not always be at a place where we're yet ready to hand that over. Includes This includes like reviewing their work to some degree, whether it's a big review or a small review. And then taking time to like pay their invoices and like review their invoices. And of course, lastly, it's people management. Depending on the capacity that you work with someone, once you have a team, you are now a people manager. Take it from me. In my day job, I have a team of like six. These people come with personal lives, feelings, and needs. These are just facts. And, you know, you have to be ready for that. So depending on your answers here, I feel like we can sometimes get stuck feeling like outsourcing isn't the key and we should just do it ourselves. Not only that, but we also feel like the things that we do just can't be outsourced. They won't be as good as if we just did it. And it's easier to do it ourselves than to teach it to someone else. I know that the Amy Porterfields and the Jenna Kutchers, they're telling you to outsource and get a VA. But before you do, let's assess. Remember that apps and premium versions in particular are amazing these days. There is an app for everything now. And if you can get the premium version, you'll be in love because I know sometimes you're like, what? The premium version costs X amount? But consider what it would cost for a person to do it. If you could just get the premium app, you're, you're winning. This counts as a form of outsourcing because it can really prolong your need to hire help in other areas, right? The second thing is to remember that stuff just doesn't have to be perfect. So you could be like, oh my God, I have to do this podcast. But if I do, I want it to be of a certain you know, quality. And so I might need to hire someone to do that. No. What if you could just remove those expectations from yourself? And then maybe it would seem way less overwhelming. It would remove a whole bunch of steps for you. Um, you know, if you wanted to do it yourself and you wanted to have it of a certain quality, it would make it a lot easier if you just took those expectations off yourself for now. And then the third one is consider that if you need someone else to do it, is it really worth doing? I mean, we'll get into this, I think, later, but hiring people can really suck. And you could get to a point where you're like, what if I just didn't do this at all? I wouldn't need someone to hire. Like, think about like the return. If you hire someone, are you going to get the return that it's worth versus just not doing it? Sometimes it's more profitable to not do something. So it's worth it to think about that. Number four, hire for the things that require true personal touches and that you dislike doing. This is me. We'll get to how this matters to me. There are people who probably are like the whole like personal connection, building relationships and networking thing is totally for me. This may shock some of you because I have a lot of wonderful connections professionally in the space, in my community, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Let's just dive into how I approach these things with my businesses and my projects. We're going to start with podcasting. I have two podcasts, one of which we, Hannah and I, the one you're listening to right now, we release episodes here at Adulting Advice almost every week, but not quite. And the HA podcast, which I host solely myself, I diligently release weekly. We're sporadic with the Adulting Advice podcast because between both Hannah and I, we're 
like everything we're working on, something has to give. And we choose the AA podcast to be for fun, pleasure, and a place where we can come and share behind the scenes things like this episode and, you know, things it can give. (laughs) So making the decision not to post a podcast every week If we really don't have the time or inspired content right now, that is better for us than hiring someone else to make it happen more regularly. But for the AJ podcast, I am diligent. That podcast has a huge listenership compared to this one, and I feel a strong sense of obligation and passion there. That has the most potential for me, whereas this one is like so great to share with you guys. Maybe one day, you know, I would love to get into like the business education side of things. I would love to like uh you know coach people in business in some way but right now um that's just not something i'm pursuing and maybe that will just come later maybe people will want to learn more of that kind of thing and that will take over but for right now this is just really fun so with the podcast i schedule the episodes myself but i like when i when i mean schedule i mean like if we have a guest on for example so with the aj podcast i almost always have a guest on the show and so to do that um i i have a templated email that's like hey thanks for saying that you would be interested because sometimes you get people in passing say hey put me on the show then i'll make a note for myself or they'll reach out on instagram and say hey i'd love to be on the show and i always just go what's your email address and then i move the conversation to email and I say, I send the same email, it's an invite with a calendar link so that they can book. And all I have to do is send the email. It's really, it's, it's very little work. And Calendly is connected to my calendar. So it works as my like assistant. And it also creates the calendar, Calendly entry and it automatically sends a Zoom meeting link. So the meeting is scheduled. And then um, when it comes to like creating interview questions so i only make interview questions for 50 percent or so of my episodes when i have them with professionals like yeah like practitioners professionals experts in the space i will take the time to come up with curated questions and by take the time i give myself 10 minutes i already know who this guest is i already know what i want to ask them if i feel like oh i don't know this expert good enough well that's really interesting maybe i'm gonna ask questions but then i'm going to use questions that allow me to get to know them you know i'm going to like not worry about getting to know them so i can interview them well i'm going to approach it in the theme of like hey i don't know that well who you are please introduce yourself to the listeners let's dive in and i have like three or four general questions about their expertise that I get into takes me 10 minutes and then the other half of the episodes is like I'm just facilitating other people telling their stories so really we get on the show and I say hey go tell me your story go down any rabbit hole you want to go down what's most interesting to you I have very little guidelines and I think it creates actually a really good show so that's what works for me there And I do very little podcast, like post-production because I have a template set up in my editing software. It always has the intro and the outro on there. And I don't really edit the show 
unless there's something that desperately needs editing. It happens from time to time, but generally I just put it up as is. So I use Zencaster, and Zencaster is an app that not only records high quality audio in two separate tracks, so like my audio and the other guest's audio is like its own track, but you don't need to have all this fancy equipment, which saves me a lot of money. And it's really easy to use, so you don't have to spend any time instructing guests how to use it. And your if you pay for like the premium account, it has automatic post-production. This means it automatically creates the episode for me, and I just add the intro and the outro, export the episode, and upload it to SoundCloud. And I do the same thing for this adulting advice podcast. With the AA bot oh, sorry, with the HJ podcast. <laughs> my other podcast, I release four episodes a month, which means I only have to do this four times. So I use the premium version of SoundCloud, and that means I can schedule the podcast releases so I can upload as many episodes as I want in advance without upload limits because I have the premium, and then I can schedule the release dates because I have the premium, and I can do it all at once and not worry about it for the rest of the month. It's so easy. Record automatic post-production, export, upload, schedule. Like the amount of time it takes me, I would need to do coordination and invoice paying and stuff for someone, for someone else. Additionally, writing the show notes is also work. But if I just recorded the episode, then I'm still in the right headspace to quickly write notes because I don't have to revisit it. If I do it later, I might have to think back like, oh, what was this about? And I just, I'm already in the headspace. I make some, some really helpful notes immediately after recording. I do that while it's, you know, exporting and I'm like twiddling my thumbs, you know, I, I just do that while it's exporting. And this takes the same amount of time as it would take me to send an email to the editor, saying the editor's ready, checking in on it, paying the invoice when it comes in, all that stuff. Could I pay the editor to write the show notes too? Sure. But if it takes me 60 seconds and I can do it while I wait for the the episode to upload, I think it, like, I think about my time in minutes. I'm very focused in those times and it takes me no time at all and it keeps me connected to the content by doing it myself. So I find it really valuable to continue doing it myself during this stage of my business. When I write the show notes, by the way, fun tip. I write them as Instagram captions. This means that I'm saving time by writing both the show notes and the Instagram captions at the same time as a two for one. I need to pay a social media. No, well, sorry, I don't need to. There's no need to, no need to pay a social media copywriter to write a similar thing in a different way. If I've already written it, I just use the same copy and you should just always use the copy twice whenever you can. People are not noticing that you're using things twice. It's smart. I'm noticing that you're doing things a million times in a million different ways when you don't need to. And we'll get to this, but I don't make my social calendar at the same time. Um, I know when I need to sit down on a Saturday, like on one Saturday per month to make my social calendar. And it's, then I'll go back to the show notes and I can grab them and my calendar, like my Instagram captions already done when it comes time to promote the episode. One thing I have outsourced to another person is sponsorships. 
anything that involves talking to a lot of people, negotiating or whatever, I, I just don't want to do. I also wasn't, I wasn't even going to pursue sponsorships and I still might not. We actually haven't got a single sponsorship just yet. This is brand new. Um, it's something I was approached about by like an agent. I just said, yes, we'll see how it goes. Otherwise, I wouldn't even be looking at this right now. And it's just like, it's on my list of things that's worth outsourcing for right now. I really like the person that came to me about it. Um, so it's just a fit at this time. But also notice it's not a hire for my business. It's an agent. I, it's just like hiring a lawyer or an accountant. They're better at this than me. And it's going to use more mental energy and of my time as well. <laughs> and it really might result in um, immediate profit. You know what I mean? So it's like a short-term win. So it's fine. I think that's it for podcasts. Let's move on to Instagram. Like I said, I sit down one Saturday per month and I make my social media calendar. I post five days a week. Next month, I'm actually going to go down to three or four days. I'm realizing again, I just, I don't need to do that much. So I can, I can cut my responsibilities down even further here, which is awesome. This means I may need to create about 20 posts when I do five days a week, about 20 posts. And I make them in one day. The good thing is that I have a system that is just as easy for me to do when it, than it is for someone else to do. First, I open up my project management software. I use Asana and create a grid plan, like a publishing a publishing calendar. It's exactly the same like template every month. So I just copy and paste the grid from the previous month and I update each post for the upcoming month. I have a set grid theme. This isn't for aesthetics, although to an outsider, it seems that way. And it's a nice little added benefit. It's actually to make my job quicker and easier. The theme goes white colored post, red colored post, a photo post, repeat. First, I look at my strategy for the month and what I have to insert into it. I usually, let, like, let's say theoretically here, and this is a really good like real life looking example, maybe two blogs, sometimes four, right? But two blogs, four podcasts, which always release on a Wednesday, two YouTube videos, um, two ideas for like reels in there, two reel videos. I'm, I'm always opening the HA Society once a month for a couple of days. So I know I need to promote that. Maybe I want to promote my seven day challenge lead generator or you know, because the HA Society is opening, I want to do a webinar. So I'm going to want to mention that and get people to sign up for that. Okay. So now I, I have all those things. I need to insert them all in the calendar somewhere. Where are they going to go? I know that the podcasts take all the Wednesday slots. I know that the day the HA Society is opening, I know what day that's going to be because it's always the new moon. So I look that up on a calendar. So the posts, like, Posts about that are going to need to go out around those days. Same with like the webinar. I'm going to want to strategically place that before it opens or whatever I'm doing to promote the society needs to be appropriately placed before that day. I know that the blog posts, reels and YouTube videos don't usually have to go out on a certain day, depending. Sometimes I will use that content strategically, so they may have to go on a certain day. 
but otherwise I can pretty randomly choose a day before they go out. And usually like when I'm sitting down and making the social media calendar, that's when I'm also dividing this, devising this strategy at the same time. I'm like, oh cool, I have this YouTube video and I notice that I want to open the society on this day. Maybe I could make sure this YouTube video serves this purpose strategically to help me market the AJ Society. Do you see what I'm saying here? So, usually I'll take all of this stuff into consideration with the videos too. So I feel like I just like lost my thought, but I definitely have a point here. Um, I'll take all of this stuff into consideration for like how the visuals I'm, I'm going to use. So it's like, for example, if I want to post a reel on my feed, I'm, I'm going to make sure I'm posting it on a day where my grid is scheduled to have a photo image. So then I'm, I'm done with it, right? And usually with a blog or a YouTube video or a lead gener- generated promotion, I can make any of the grid options work. The white post, the red post, or the photo post. It's just like whatever, wherever it lands, whatever I feel like doing, I know I can make it work because I have these simple templates that work for most things. And I make it easier by taking the need to think super hard about all of it out by using this system. Once I have, you know, take some water, I'm talking a lot. Once I have all the need to post posts like on my calendar, I know these things have to go out. I've given them slots. I have some leftovers that I need to fill, right? Um, which is part of why I'm going down from five days to four days, but some people really want to post more things and, and also like, I'll always have some fillers because it means I'm making sure I'm putting in like educational, valuable content. That's not just, um, it just like allows me to think outside of my like need to post posts. What else can I, what else can I give here? Right. So I always have a, oh shivers. I always have a running list of ideas. My pop filter just fell. And in this like running list of ideas, I'm, I'm thinking of those throughout the week or throughout the month. It's like, and I'm, I'm just sending an email to myself. These ideas could be anything from memes, quotes, and photos that I already have that I love that I can post with like a long form educational caption or infographic style posts. I also have like a personal Instagram where I post artwork too that I've had for a lot longer. So over there, I only post like once a week, but I will often repurpose an old drawing there because I post, I post illustrations. So I might just go there, change the background to white or red, steal the caption, stop, and basically post on my feed. Why not just repurpose something that I already put so much time into, you know? And it's so quick and easy to do. So once I figured out the whole 20 posts for the month, and remember, I'm not like, I'm going to take it down to less going forward. I get to work on making the posts. So like I said, I could, this could already be an existing artwork or image and like, that's just super easy. I open up the Asana task, type in the caption or, and I copy and paste in like 
the, the caption if I'm repurposing all content. I don't have to do anything new there. I upload the image, I set the, I schedule the date, and I move on to the next post. For podcasts, blog like announcements and lead generators, you know, just stuff like that. I check what color the days so like a podcast comes out on a wednesday i check what color wednesday is landing on they're usually the same every week um and i i'll open canva and i'll quickly choose an appropriate template for that like i've made so many of these now that i know all of them and i can even repurpose super old ones and make like a simple twist to refresh it and it's done i use canva even though i'm actually well versed in photoshop and illustrator I, I used to be really anal like anti Canva because why would I use that if I have these sweet professional tools? But I learned that Canva is more like done view templates. And when you're not trying to make a Michelangelo, who gives a shit? So I have the pro Canva and I use that one versus the free account, even though it's perfectly fine, so that I just have access to more templates and graphics, which means I have to spend less time searching for options and I don't have to outsource to a designer. I mean, that's a big deal, right? It's like, I know we all want to use the free versions of stuff. I'm huge on that. But the step before outsourcing or feeling like, oh, I'm not very good at this, maybe I need to get pay someone to do it is to just get the pro version of something and it will open up a whole new world for you so i make all of the all of the designs at once inside of one project and then i download all of them at the same time as a zip file and i drag and drop each into the file like i drag and drop each file into their respective task inside of asana and set the publishing date and we're off. So like they download in order of date. So it's like super efficient instead of me downloading, make a graphic, download it, upload it, make a graphic, no, blah. Make all the graphics, download them in order, upload them in order, set the dates, go. That's it on that. Let's talk about video content, like my YouTube and my reels. The most time consuming things are reels and YouTube videos. This is why I do two of, I only do two each a month. YouTube videos, obviously, I have to film it. I'm really low maintenance with them. It's like I can't outsource filming my own videos, really. So that would be extremely expensive. <laughs> and I mean, I'm the one that needs to be in them no matter what. I'm really low maintenance about it. I'm like, I choose to just invest in the best iPhone and use that one tool for everything. So it's a huge time and money saver. And at this time, video quality is not that important and new technology is just so great. I spend the most amount of time on videos, which I have occasionally outsourced the editing of if they take a really long time to edit. But mostly, I just do them myself. I'm going to create a separate video um, episode sorry, on how I make YouTube videos efficiently, but Basically, I make the script writing session happen super fast and I do very simple editing to make them feel fancier than they really are. And otherwise, you'll notice they're pretty basic, but just as effective. I've even toyed with filming videos while I'm on the go to see how they perform and save time. And also, I have um, used the audio from YouTube as a podcast because I just have way more listeners on my podcast 
who will otherwise never hear the video. So why not, you know? I always make my social calendar before I finish filming my videos and making reels in case I need to work on the script promotion. Like, how do I say that differently? In case I need to, like, script or create a promotion inside my video, right? It's like, or maybe I'll see an opportunity to make a video that's relevant to the time. Like, oh, it's February and, like, Valentine's Day is coming. Maybe I want to like use this video idea that was really good for valentine's day for example not always this is just you occasionally but i can also refilm a quick intro and add it in if i want to so if i have already filmed a video and take an opportunity later i could just quickly film and add it in which is another reason why i like to do it myself because if i'm outsourcing to someone like it the, the coordination piece to like re-edit it and upload it costs more time and money when it's pretty quick for me to just you know open premiere pro add it to the project export it and done i film both of my monthly videos in one day not always at the same not always the same day i will do this later and come back to the calendar and add it in but i do them in one day so i'll have the calendar set to like youtube video this is the topic and i know what day it's coming out and then later i'll go film it and i'll come back to the schedule and i'll add it in when i do it when i do them both in one day i just change my hair like i'll might make my hair look nice i might not sometimes i can't be bothered but i might make my hair look nice down and wear a white shirt and put my glasses on. And then for the next video, I'll take my glasses off, put my hair up, change my shirt. And it just is different. It's a different video. And of course, like the podcast, I write the show notes so that they work for Instagram captions too when it, you know, later. When I make reels, I make them both in the same day as well. And I have sometimes made the reels and the YouTube videos all in one day. Remember that, like, I'm thinking of ideas and, con- and content randomly throughout the month. When I'm, like, taking a walk or I'm talking to my community, I make a running list. So all I need to do is reference the list and choose a couple of subjects or funny ideas. And I'll change my shirt and have my hair up in one and down in the other. Looks like I said. Probably takes me 30 minutes to one hour because editing reels is the worst. Also, I go live every Friday on Instagram. This means that if, and I have this happen regularly on purpose, if Friday lands on a photo day for my grid, this means I don't need to make content at all because I can just go live and then save the recording to my feed. The thumbnail is a still image. I let my followers choose the IG live topic and then I just riff on the topic. It's super informal, so it means I don't have to have or do any prep i just show up for 10 minutes on friday and talk shit and i just i allow it to just be bad sometimes because i think i just get better with practice at riffing if i allow myself to do that which just takes time time and pressure off of me let's talk about blogs oh it's a long episode guys i use wordpress it's free and it schedules the posts to publish when i need them to just like podcasts i upload them and schedule them to release once i know what day i want them to come out based on the ig schedule this 
I was just thinking about how, why do I say IG when it's like as easy to say Instagram? Anyway, the great thing about like blogs in general is that they're either one, my podcast or YouTube scripts that have been edited to become a blog. I don't always script, but if I do, I think it's important not to do a ton of labor for only one platform if you can help it. Sometimes the blog is just a great way to get your video watched or podcast listened to, and it's a great way to get found on search engines. The other thing is that blogs are often just guest posts for me. I have a lot of guest posters. Why not? Those people want their stuff seen, and I want my content calendar filled. My blog being seen as a great resource and showing up on Google without me having to do much more work. It's a win-win-win for everyone. And sometimes I will just write a straight up blog post written for the purpose of being a blog post. It's more rare, but it it happens. (sighs) That's blogs. I think let's talk about memberships now. This is the moneymaker right now. So this is the thing that makes sense that I might get help with. And I kind of do. I do all of the email marketing and I host all of the community calls. I need more water. At the start, I was also coordinating events with professionals to come and do talks, and I was scheduling all the community calls. I also was doing a lot of the coaching, like one-on-one, and worrying about people's experience, like just thinking about the business. For the community calls, I make the structure, I make a different structure for the call every week, and there's three of those calls, but I can use the same structure for all three calls because they're like different people at the different calls. And it takes me five minutes to make it because of the system I have in place. I have a topic ideas list that I can pull from. And sometimes we do a coaching where people can just bring their problem to the call. So I don't need to think about a topic. We can just riff. I have a conversation starter card pack that I pull from to think of fun questions. And I spend time talking to the ladies and getting to know them inside of the membership instead of curating what the conversation is going to be this relieves pressure from me and it's just a better experience a more personal experience also like as it goes on i create more and more community call um structures i only use one document because i don't like to have many documents but in google documents you can go to previous versions right if you hit last edit it was when and you can go to the, the original first ever structure so one day i plan on scrolling all the way back to a structure that i made ages ago that no one's going to remember so then i don't even have to do any work <laughs> that's a long-term plan okay when it comes to coordinating with hosts and like the email calendar sorry the get the event calendar i have help here i do not enjoy this part of the work and truthfully someone volunteered and i was like great let's do it not just that but she's the perfect person for this this is exactly what she loves to do think about event ideas and be involved in creating them removing them from my need like removing sorry myself removing myself from the need to liaise with people and look at calendars and talk logistics and create events and come up with ideas for events was one that i was happy to give away There was no app for this, and I believe it requires a personal touch from a real person, and I believe my time is better spent making content and just, like, chatting with the ladies in the group. This person also took on some one-on-one coaching clients, and she is best suited to this too, and she's just an amazing community presence. She's better than me at it, and 
much of these things, this is just an example where I found the perfect opportunity to outsource to a perfect, the perfect person. So it was easy. This being off my plate will prolong my ability to not have to outsource in other areas of the business. So financially it is better. It was one that was worth it. I think let's talk about the last thing here because I'm dying. Email marketing. Oh my, look, I'm anal about this. I spent a lot of energy making sure my email marketing is on point. But that said, it's paid off. I use MailChimp and I choose to have MailChimp also be my website provider. The website builder is in its beta version. I'm an early adopter. It's not amazing, but it's enough. Using MailChimp as my website and my email provider means less apps involved in my life. I don't have to have MailChimp and Squarespace, for example. I know I do use WordPress for my blog as MailChimp doesn't have a blog section. Um, but my blog is like, it's super low maintenance. Like it's so basic. It's like logging in and opening a Google document and then closing it. I don't have to, like, back to MailChimp. Using MailChimp for my website and my email provider means I don't have to fiddle with, like, APIs and integrations to get the website and the email list to communicate with each other. And it makes, like, it makes it more worth upgrading to the premium version of MailChimp, which I just like that two-for-one feeling. It's so much easier to manage my website and my emails, and it's only $15 a month. I think if it was more complex... A setup, I'd be considering hiring help to manage it all. But it's not, so I don't have to. The thing that I'm anal about with my email marketing is having super clean data. It's like a pet peeve of mine to see um, just like messy data. I make sure that all new subscribers are properly capitalized. Like I want to see, you know, your first name has a capital letter. And sometimes people are lazy with the way they input their own data, which affects my data. If you have not put, like if you've put both your first name and last name in the first name box, or if I can tell that it's like a spam entry, or if you've like, you know, spelt your lower, your name in all lowercase, no uppercase, I'm going to go in there and edit it. (laughs) I make sure I, lo- I make sure you're on a welcome series that is specific to you and how you joined the list and that all subscribers are having some kind of experience when they join my list. This means that I get a notification for each individual subscriber, which sounds crazy, I know, but here is the thing. I'm obsessed with my customer. A new subscriber notification is like being a shopkeeper where a new, like a punter just walked in and they're browsing and I'm like, hello. Oh, what are you doing today? What are you interested in? Can I show you this? So I I click in and I look at your name, what you've subscribed for, what emails you've opened. I'm learning about you. I'm caring about you and I'm writing content that is just for you. I have my subscribers join interest lists so I know more about them as they subscribe, not just their name and their email. I know based on what they subscribe to the type of person that they are. This takes a couple of seconds per person for me to like see, oh, new subscriber popped up and I get a few a day, right? Um, oh, a new subscriber popped up. Where, like, where did they enter from? What um, groups of interests did they say they had? And it just allows me in real time to get to know them. Keeps me really connected to them. 
I also get a real kick out of making these custom experiences. It's just like artwork to me. It's fun. And I know that my email list is the only thing that I really own. That and my podcast, which is why the email and the podcast are the two places I invest the most of my own personal time on. I don't own my Instagram or anything like that. They could go away tomorrow. Okay, that's it. I hope that that was helpful. And just remember, how much time are you really saving? Before you outsource, do you even need to do it at all? Having staff seems sexy, but it actually sucks and can cost you more time and more money. And is there an app for that? And get the premium because it's cheaper than a person. Thank you very much for listening. Guys, thanks so much for listening today. Hannah and I appreciate you so much. We know there's tons of other podcasts you could be listening to. So we thank you for choosing us and we would love to be able to keep chatting with you every single week. So please subscribe to the podcast so we can appear in your playlist magically on Mondays. Also, if you wanted to contact us, find us at adultingadvice or find us at adultingadvice.com. And you can submit questions to the podcast, ideas for episodes, and just have a grand old chat. And we would love that. See ya.